Hello there. This is Kyle. And this is Benny. And you're listening to The Doctor's Watcher. The Statue Enthusiasts podcast about every episode of Doctor Who. The show where I, Kyle, watch Doctor Who. No, okay. <laughs> I'm Benny. That's Kyle. I uh, played a little prank on you, but uh, I'm actually Benny. Or, or are you? Uh, I got that gag from Oh No, Ross and Carrie, which I've been listening to lately. It's a podcast, another podcast. Uh, a more well-known one than this one, I think. <laughs> Certainly a, a more professionally Probably, produced one. Yeah. But they sometimes start with saying each other's names instead of their own. So We do have dozens of listeners, though. <laughs> At least dozens <laughs> of downloads, whether those are listeners or bots or... I always think uh-huh. that there's people who subscribed at one point and forgot to unsubscribe, and now their device is just quietly like downloading episodes that never get listened to. But if you feel like subscribing on a few devices, that's fine too. <laughs> uh, I mean, downloads are great, but what we actually like is when actual humans are listening to us. Yeah. So yeah, if you dig our show, please let us know. I mean, this is fun. I enjoy doing it. I just enjoy hearing about Doctor Who, but. I, I also do it in the hopes that someone out there is enjoying it. and Yeah. We like it when actual humans or any other sentient being listens. It's true. Even our, our lords and masters, the monoids. Uh-huh. We don't want to discourage any monoids from listening. No. No, indeed. We don't want the heat ray. No. Don't give us the heat ray. No. <laughs> um, I guess it's not heat rays. It's a heat prod. Heat prod, yeah, that's what they called yeah. it. And does it film negativize? I forgot to ask this in the previous episode. I think it mostly smokes, if I remember right. <laughs> uh, you got smoked. <laughs> Smoke them. <laughs> Smoke them if you got them. Yep. Well, cool. Anything else you've been up to since... Uh, we're just recording this one after the last one, so we, we caught up yeah. earlier, but... Was there anything else you wanted to say for this episode? Um, I did take a little mini vacation a week or two ago. And oh, cool. Yeah, went down to Aptos, which is just down the road from Santa Cruz a little bit. And I got a little sort of studio bedroom cabinish treehouse-ish type thing in the woods and yeah, stayed there for a few days. It was a lot of fun. Oh my gosh, that sounds awesome. I'm glad you did that. You deserve it, Kyle. Treat yourself. (laughs) Matilda, are you going to come join us for the episode? We need our little co-host. Hi, Kitty. I see Kyle leaning down. He's petting something off screen. Uh Uh-huh. Now she doesn't want to speak since she's in the room now. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe if we tell her about an episode of Doctor Who. Indeed. So let's tell her about the 29th episode of season three, The Bomb. Yes, this episode is The Bomb. Uh, we made that joke in the previous one, too. <laughs> Man, listeners, if you think that we're not going to just keep making the same jokes over and over again, you're listening to the wrong podcast. <laughs> 
So the fourth episode of the arc is the bomb. Yes, I thought they were all the bomb, but this one especially. <laughs> and uh, you know, normally I ask Kyle how he watched it, but for this serial, we know that the whole thing exists. So he watched this one on BritBox and saw the actual episode. I did. It's you know pretty luxurious to <laughs> actually watch an episode of Doctor Who. Yeah, isn't it wild that we have a show about watching Doctor Who, and then uh, when you actually get to watch Doctor Who, it feels like a special treat? <laughs> <laughs> so as a slight spoiler to whether I recommend the serial, I won't fully give my answer yet, but just the fact that it fully exists on BritBox at this point is almost enough to recommend it in and of itself. It's certainly a point in its favor. <laughs> <laughs> So would you remind us of our Cliff Dangler? Yes. So um, we found out about the bomb. <laughs> so our heroes uh, have, and the arc that they were on with the monoids and the humans on it, uh, the, the newly in charge monoids has reached the planet Refusus 2, which seems to have invisible people on it. Um, and the Doctor and Dodo um, are on this planet uh they were taken down as the first landing party along with a monoid in a red shirt uh the red shirt got got and the monoid got blowed up along with the um the landing vessel and we found out that when i said we found out about the bomb the bomb is on the statue the the, the one that was going to be a giant human but became a giant monoid over 700 years and it's a fission bomb that's going to blow up the whole ship after all the monoids have left, blowing up all the humans, including the miniaturized ones that got left behind. Right. The, the billions upon billions of miniaturized humans who are basically in cold storage. Yes. So we pick up with the monoids on the Ark. One and three, I guess all the monoids are on the Ark at this point because two is the <laughs> only one on the planet. And two yep. got blowed up. Yep. Two is now all over the planet. <laughs> <laughs> One and three are wondering why two's report about refuses was cut off. It could mean a simple break in communications or that he was attacked. Um, I think we know which of those it was. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, technically both, but... Uh... Uh -huh. <laughs> of course, they only heard the good part of the report, since two was cut off before he talked about the invisible refusians. Uh -huh. So they decide to just go ahead and proceed with all of their plans. <laughs> yeah, uh, seems legit. No news is good news. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> Another monoid, four complains to his neighbor about the possibility of one being wrong. And uh, is the neighbor five? <laughs> you know, I don't think we ever actually learned the neighbor's name, so I think it must be. Okay. Three notices this and points it out to one who says that it'll be no problem to get rid of four if he shows any signs of opposition. Oh, shit. And... One also uses this as an opportunity to remind us of the premise of the episode. Remember, 
the final answer which is locked in the head of that statue. You know, uh, I can't say I love the calling it the final answer. It's a little yeah, too close that's, to... It's <laughs> not the best phrasing. Not loving that. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but I will say for when he warned for that you could say that he was forewarned. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, one and three definitely do some forewarning. Yes. Down on the surface, Dodo and the doctor are in the castle talking to an invisible Refusian. Yeah. The Refusians have apparently never had any war or conflict, only peace. And Very cool, but also uh, the, good luck with that when the, the monuments yeah, arrive. Yeah, they're pretty concerned that the arrival of the Ark is going to fuck all of this up, which is why they destroyed the lander before it could return to the Ark. Very cool. I mean, uh, I guess uh, now, like it or not, violence has come to Refusius. Refusus? Yeah. Refusus. Refusus. Yeah, I guess it's technically not war or conflict yet, but um, definitely it kind violence. Of feels like a conflict at least. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Dodo mentions that the humans 700 years ago were peaceful, but the doctor points out that they were also pretty racist and shitty to the monoids, which is why the monoids rose up against them. Mm-hmm. Dodo thinks that some of the current humans would be willing to rise up against the monoids and then not be racist or shitty to them. <laughs> so the Refusians decide to give things a little bit of time to settle after the Ark arrives. I feel like historically that's not how it happens. If, uh, when <laughs> uh -huh. different groups of people are rising up against each other, usually when the one that was on the bottom comes out on top, they don't take that opportunity to stop being shitty to the other group. Right. It sucks, but it's also resulted in kind of uh, a lot of the situations that we find ourselves in in the world. A lot of the more unfortunate situations. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, Dodo thinks that this might happen. So the Refusians decide to give things some time. We will wait for the passing of one day before we think in terms of employing defensive measures. Yes, one day. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> hope it doesn't take too long. Uh-huh. One day seems like long enough for the overthrow of a ruling people, a ruling class. Yeah, totally. Start and finish your revolution on the same day. Why not? You can settle 700 years of conflict in a single day. Sure. <laughs> uh, better wake up early. <laughs> <laughs> in the kitchen on the Ark, where Stephen is being held as an enslaved worker along with the other humans, he notices the monoids preparing to leave the Ark and starts hatching a plan to escape. Nice. You could, would you say he's cooking up a plan? <laughs> He is indeed. Yes. That is, that is what the kitchen is doing. <laughs> so he learns from his fellow kitchen workers that the door, you know, leading out of the kitchen basically 
only opens from the outside, but, you know, sometimes it gets opened by the collaborator whose name is Maharas. Yeah, the, the guy who brought us news last time that of the, the plan that the monoids have to yeah. basically kill all the humans, even though uh, he didn't find out where the bomb was. Right. Yeah, he's like the personal servant of one, so none of the other humans trust him, basically. Yeah, I've been wondering, now that two's dead, does that mean three is two? Does that one <laughs> just move up by one? Uh-huh. So the other human workers basically tell Stephen that Maharis is too chicken shit to actually help them. Dang. So Stephen decides to manipulate Maharis into helping them without knowing it. Okay, interesting plan. Elsewhere on the Ark, some other humans are loading up trays of miniaturized cold storage monoids into the landing modules. Huh. I guess I didn't realize that the mon- there were uh, cold storage miniaturized monoids, too. Yeah, they didn't really go into it earlier, I think. Interesting. Cool, though. I mean, good for them. Uh-huh. One dismisses Maharis and then starts scoffing to three about how Maharis and the other, quote, subject guardians, which is what they call the collaborators, basically all still believe that they'll get to go to Refusus with the monoids. Yeah, uh, being a, a collaborator or a, a, I think it's also called a collaborationist, doesn't usually go well for those people. Yeah, it often ends poorly, whether it's at the hand of their oppressors or at the hand of their fellow oppressed, it often ends yeah. poorly for them. Yeah... We cut back to the kitchen area where Stephen and one of the women, Venusa, are covering something up with blankets. Very cool name, Venusa. I'm into it. Uh Uh-huh. Maharis shows up with a tray of food, and Stevenusa distracts him by asking for news And then they start telling him that the monoids aren't going to take him with them. And Uh while he is thus distracted, Dasuk sneaks out into the corridor where he has to hide from a few monoids. And then Maharis, still in the kitchen, asks where Dasuk is. He notices Dasuk's not around. And Stevenusa says that he's sleeping, and they point to the blankets that they set up a few minutes ago. Oh, clever. And Maharis believes this and leaves. And after he leaves, Dasik, of course, opens the door, letting Stephen and Venusa and everybody else out of the kitchen. And Stephen reminds them all that the first step of their plan is to go find the bomb. I mean, technically, the first step of their plan was getting out of the kitchen. Um, (laughs) That's already done. So I I think we should all like, you know, pat ourselves on the back. Job, job well done. Let's just let's just celebrate our victories as they happen. Yeah, totally. The monoids are now getting themselves into landers and preparing to depart, even though they still have not had any new contact from two on the surface. 
four is still concerned about this plan and tells five that they'll have to decide when they land on Refusus whether or not one should remain the leader. If Refusus is dangerous, we must return to the Ark before it is destroyed. I feel like that would be such a bummer, though. Like, you're just kind of on this 700-year trip, or even longer, I think, because it was already underway when we arrived. Right, yeah. Uh, the PCs. Uh, you know, multiple generations have passed. Um, and then it's like, well, that planet's a bust. Let's find another one. Off we go again. <laughs> uh-huh. 700 plus more years. Yep. Maybe we should do a little more research this time. I don't know. Just uh, <laughs> throwing that out there. Uh-huh. Still wild to me that they knew that the planet was inhabited and uh, decided to go for it anyway. Yeah, seriously. I guess it might have implied that, you know, they knew about the Refusians and that they were welcome. Oh, I okay. It's, I think it's not fully clear. I guess they are pretty peaceful. Well, other than the blowing up the lander part. <laughs> Three asks one about the bomb, and one says that basically the timer is all set for it to go off in 12 hours. Dang. The landing pods all leave the Ark, and Maharis, who is still on the Ark, finally realizes that he's fucked along with everyone else. Uh Uh-huh. And Steven tells everyone that we've got to find that bomb, and then he tells Venusa that they've got to find a way down to Refusus. Very cool. On the surface, the landing modules all land, and one disembarks and declares dominion over the planet. Yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> Good. Everything seems to be quiet. And from this moment on, this planet is ours. Okay, just tossing a little colonialism in there. Yeah. Three notices the destroyed lander and realizes that this is why two didn't complete the report. Uh Uh-huh. Hi, kitty. He's like, oh, so that's what happened to... (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) Aw, Matilda. One's just like, oh... Cool, cool, cool. We'll just destroy whoever destroyed the lander. Matilda's here to find out who destroyed the lander. <laughs> Four's like, fuck this. As soon as we get a chance, we need to challenge one's authority. Then we need to take a lander back to the Ark before the bomb goes off. Yeah, let's let's make an alliance with Seven. Everyone's afraid of him. <laughs> Do you know why? Because Seven is a cannibal. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> For for those of you who, who don't know that old chestnut, uh, the, the punchline is because seven eight nine. Anyway, please continue. <laughs> so Dodo and the Doctor have been hiding and watching all these landing modules land and everything, and so when all the monoids leave the area, the two of them sneak into a lander and close the door. Oh, okay. Like, uh, I, I, I guess that works. I mean, if they leave, they can fly back to the the Ark, get in the TARDIS, and uh, GTFO. Uh-huh. 
Yeah, I think that's their idea. Up on the Ark, Steve and Usa are on the main control deck, and they receive a call from a lander. Of course, it's the Doctor. The Doctor tells them that the Ark is going to blow up, which they already knew. Stephen asks if the Doctor knows where the bomb is, which the Doctor doesn't, but he intends to find out. <laughs> okay, I mean, uh, you don't have a whole lot of time for that, but <laughs> uh-huh. I, I have faith in him. He's the Doctor. He also says that he'll send some landers back to the Ark, and yeah, then Stephen and the other humans basically continue their search. Okay. This podcast is amazing. 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 The emissaries from the seven planets will arrive as arranged, and we will tell them all about this podcast. Tell your your friends. friends. Tell your your friends. 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 Write a review and leave it with a five-star rating. We We obey. We obey. Inside the lander... Dodo is asking the doctor for specifics on the plan, and it turns out that there's an invisible Refusian in the lander with them, who also wants to know what the plan is. (laughs) Are they surprised, or are they like, oh yeah, it's you, hey buddy? Uh, I think it's more of the second, yeah. Okay. The doctor asks the Refusian to fly the landers back to the Ark, because that way the monoids won't know who's taking them. That makes sense. So then he and Dodo exit the lander. They greet three, and behind them, the lander launches, and three's like, what the fuck? Who's flying that? We haven't seen anybody since we arrived. And the doctor's like, well, to tell the truth, neither have we. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Up on the Ark, Maharis is moping at the base of the statue. Stephen asks him if he's checked the statue for the bomb, which he hasn't. What's the use? There's nothing there. Uh-huh. Well, you might want to uh, check anyway. Uh-huh. He's basically bummed out because he trusted the monoids. Stephen starts telling him to get a fucking grip on himself and grow a fucking spine, But he gets interrupted by the news that a lander has returned, and it was empty. Or was it? And of course, as they look into the seemingly empty lander, they hear Refusian laughter come from it. Mm -hmm. Down on the planet, the Monoids ask the Doctor where the Refusians are, And he maintains that he doesn't know because he hasn't seen any. (laughs) Technically true. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Yeah, the only one that he definitely knew the location of isn't around anymore because he went up to the Ark, so... Mm -hmm. The Monoids start discussing among themselves, and Four takes this opportunity to challenge One's authority. You have led us to this planet and placed us all in danger. Hmm, get him. Get him, Four. One basically tells Four to go back to the Ark then, which Four says he will only to face the danger that One left there, the fission device. Yeah. One basically 
reveals that it's in the statue, which is really heavy, so it's going to be really hard for them to get rid of it. <laughs> okay. Of course, as soon as one reveals the location of the bomb, the Doctor and Dodo make meaningful eye contact with each other. Mm-hmm. Four and a few other monoids leave the group, I guess four and five and whoever else. One says that they'll destroy these monoids first and then deal with the Doctor and the Refusians later. Huh. I, I didn't realize we'd, we'd already gone as far as destroying their fellow monoids. Uh-huh. Yeah, I thought they were just going to like let them go back to the Ark and get blown up, but apparently they want to like kill them even before that. Yeah. Yeah, it feels like sending them back to the Ark is, is a less... I don't know. I mean, it's still not great, given that it is going to blow up. Yeah, I don't know. On the Ark, Stephen recommends splitting the party. He thinks some people should go to the surface to help the Doctor, and the rest should stay on the Ark and continue looking for the bomb. I mean, it seems like the people going down to the surface to help the Doctor uh, might stand a slightly better chance if we're worried that this bomb could go off in any second. Yeah. Yeah, Maharis kind of wonders why anyone should stay behind on the Ark at all. But Stephen reminds him that the Ark is still full of trays of miniaturized humans representing, like, the entire Earth population. Yeah, there's that. Maharis is basically like, fuck them. And Venusa is like, fuck you, you're in the landing party. Nice. So after all the other people leave, Stephen tells Venusa that she could have gone with them, but she says that they don't need her, and Stephen does, because he doesn't know the Ark. Very cool, very cool. I mean, if we weren't already calling this Stevenusa, then uh, <laughs> we would start now. Uh-huh. They smile at each other. The Stevenusa continues the search for the bomb, and the camera operator focuses the camera on the statue in the background. Yeah, you, y'all were so close when, when uh, I think it was Stephen who was asking the collaborationist guy, uh, what was his name again? Maharis. Maharis. Yeah, when he was asking him if he'd checked the statue yet. Uh-huh. Should have followed up on that. In the Refusian jungle... Four and the other monoids who left with him walk into an ambush set up by one and some of the others on the way to the landers. I don't know how one and the others got there to set up the ambush before Four and his group did, since, like, Four's group all left to the landers, and then one's like, let's go fuck them up. But... Somehow they set up an ambush. One forbids them from returning to the Ark, and Four's like, fuck you, and a fight breaks out. Dang. A couple of monoids get zapped with heat prods, and the remaining monoids all either flee or hide as a landing module comes in for a landing. Maharis exits this lander, and sees one hiding in the bushes and calls to him, and one 
immediately kills Maharis. Oh, shit. And then some other monoid shoots some other monoid. Wow, this is a violent episode. Uh-huh. Dasik leads the rest of the human landing party in, like, sneaking out of the lander instead of just, like, strolling out and announcing themselves to the nearest monoid, like yeah, Maharis like a did. Better option. Uh-huh. And the monoids are all distracted by fighting each other, so it's a pretty easy sneak check. The humans all get out successfully. Cool. Dasik arrives at the castle where he tells the monoid guarding Dodo and the doctor that one needs its help. For some reason, this monoid believes him. Nice. And as soon as it's gone, the doctor tells Dasik that they know where the bomb is and they need to get a warning out immediately. Dasik basically lets them know that there's a bunch of infighting happening with the monoids, so there might not be very many monoids left, which the doctor thinks is splendid. Cool, cool. Uh, I suspect the number of monoids who are left may correspond to the number of monoids that we've ever seen on the <laughs> screen at the same time. At one time, uh-huh. We see another monoid get killed, and when Dodo and Dasik and the Doctor all arrive at the lander, there's basically, like, a bunch of dead monoid bodies, like, all around. Dang. Four seems to be the only one in the area left alive, and he's basically, like, dropping the heat prod in horror as Dodo and Dask and the Doctor board the lander. In, in, in horror at, like, what have we become, that sort of thing? Yeah, like, what have I done? What have we become? We're killing our own kind. Dasik prepares to launch this lander while the Doctor begins attempting to contact Steven. We cut up to the Ark, and... It must be a few minutes later because Steven is now explaining to Venusa that the bomb is in the head of the statue. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> She's concerned because the statue is so heavy. Apparently one's plan actually is a concern. Mm -hmm. Steven points out that like they only need to get it from where it is into the launching bay of the ship. You know, then they can just, like, space it, basically. Cool. But she says that they don't even have any equipment that could do that. Huh. They then hear the voice of the Refusian. I think I can help you. Clear this main deck. Very cool. Glad we brought you along. Not uh -huh. that we have much choice, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so they clear the deck. Once the deck is clear... The statue floats up off the ground and starts moving. The whole thing, not just the head? Yeah, the entire. There's actually a really cool shot where the camera starts focused on the head and, you know, it kind of moves up. But, like, as the statue is moving up, the camera is slowly panning down the statue. And, like, we clearly see that there are not any wires or anything attached. And it pans down the entire length of the statue, and we actually see, like, the base of the statue prop floating in the air. 
is a really Whoa. cool practical effect. Special effects. So I'm pretty sure what happened is, you know, first they were like lifting the statue from below with their hand off camera, the prop master. And then, you know, as the camera pans down, they like grabbed the top of the statue <laughs> and removed their lower hand and like continued lifting it. Ah, uh, what, what clever yeah. TV magic. It was really neat. I liked that effect a lot. So we watch Steven Usa as they watch the statue float into the launching bay. You know, we saw the statue like take off, but then from there we just get reaction shots as the statue floats into the launching bay. And then we get an exterior shot of the ship as the statue like tips and falls out of the launching bay and nice. floats a little ways away into space and then explodes. Nice. Sometime later, the humans are discussing their plans to settle Refusus with the help of the Refusians, but the Refusian says that they'll only help if the humans make peace with the monoids. Yeah, I kind of wish that the, the humans had offered that on their own, but yeah. uh, okay, I guess. The doctor also chimes in here. He's right. A long time ago, your ancestors accepted the responsibility for the welfare of these monoids. They were treated like slaves. So no wonder when they got the chance, they repaid you in kind. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, the, the doctor didn't treat them super great either. Uh, <laughs> but he did say... Yeah, he was pretty condescending toward them. Maybe that was supposed to be him, like, realizing that there's more to them than than uh, would be implied by the way that the humans on the Ark had treated them up to that point. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. I didn't like in, you know, the second episode, the one that's helping the doctor, and he's like, oh, you're so smart and so capable. Like, yeah, it just felt really condescending. Yeah. I mean, the doctor being condescending is not limited to uh, <laughs> anyone, really. It's it's pretty That's universal, fair. but still. That's fair. The doctor being condescending is in the context is not necessarily the doctor being racist. It's just him. Yeah. Still yeah. not a great look, though. So they all get on a cart that drives them off to the Ark's jungle set, while Venusa and Dasik wonder whether they'll ever see them again. Or if their children or their children's children will. And they watch on one of the scanner screens as the TARDIS dematerializes. And then the words on the screen say? Not quite yet. Okay. We, yeah, they're actually giving us a cliff dangler this time. I know they don't always do that at the end of serials. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> we cut to the TARDIS control room. It is clearly some time later because Stephen reports that they're about to land and he and Dodo have both changed outfits. Cool. So Stephen is now wearing sort of a tight long sleeve shirt with black sleeves and cool. thick black and white stripes down the whole chest length. Kind of kind of referee core, it sounds like. <laughs> yeah. And Dodo is in a light-colored tank top 
with a dark colored sort of like donut or bagel shape in the middle okay. and a knee length dark colored skirt with a bunch of similar dota donut or bagel shapes in a light color and Cute. a newsboy cap <laughs> so she's in a tank top does that mean that we can like fully see her shoulders and everything i think so if i remember right My yeah goodness. teenagers these days she thinks it's fab Stephen agrees. <laughs> yes, it's been established that she uses this hip lingo, which <laughs> uh-huh. is the doctor's annoyance. The doctor sneezes, and Dodo and Stephen kind of start to joke about maybe he's got a cold now. And they look over at him, and they see that he's sort of fading in and out of visibility. Oh, shit. And then he vanishes entirely, okay. although they, they can still hear his voice. They wonder if it's somehow related to the Refusians, but the doctor doesn't think so. This is something far more serious. We're in grave danger. This is some form of attack. Oh, dang. It's not an STI from that uh, hot Refusian that he flew up <laughs> at the, the landing craft with. Uh-huh. <laughs> and with that, and the with words that, appear on the screen. Next episode, the Celestial Toy Room. Oh, cool! That sounds great. Sounds like a fun toy room to be in. <laughs> I'm sure our heroes will have a great time. Yeah, it's nice that they'll have a serial that's j- just about like hanging out and playing with toys and having fun. <laughs> but what if they're the toys? Dun dun dun. <laughs> well, cool. That was that was a fun one. Um, little little colonialism, little. Uh, Looking down on people who don't look like us, uh, being kind of condescending toward them, but that's unfortunately, I'm not trying to excuse it, but it is kind of par for the course for this show. Um, yeah. We had some fun aliens and stuff. So yeah, Kyle, now that we've reached the end of the serial, won't you tell our beloved listeners, uh, we value their time, <laughs> would you recommend that they check this one out? So yeah, this was a fun serial. I really liked how it kind of sort of seems like it's going to be a two-parter, just like wrapped up real quick. (laughs) But then we get like the 700-year skip into the future. And then Uh the second half is like almost a whole different serial. Yeah. So yeah, in a way, it was was kind of like two two two-parters, which was fun. The whole serial, but probably particularly the second half is full of a lot of fun visual effects. I mentioned, you know, only one or two of them, but there were a lot of other fun moments visually that I didn't mention. So well done director, Michael Imason. I'm sorry. Someone at the BBC ended your directing career after this serial. (laughs) Yeah. And yeah, as I mentioned at the top of the episode, and as we've talked about a few times, this entire serial actually exists in real, actual episodes. Yeah. So, yeah, what I'm getting at is that, yes, I would say that this is a good one to watch. 
Yay. All right. Well, I've already watched half of it, so I might watch the other half <laughs> at some point. Nice. Cool. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed listening to it. And I'm curious uh, why the doctor's fading in and out. <laughs> so a couple last things I wanted to mention about the serial. I mentioned the good special effects. I also wanted to mention one that was not great because it was just a little bit mistimed was the explosion of the statue. We, oh, yeah, we see the statue floating through space and then we see the statue disappear and then an explosion happens like immediately after. Oh, fun. So they just got like the timing of the explosion just slightly wrong. Apparently, Michael Imason, the director, wanted to keep the statue prop, which is totally fair. It was a cool prop. So they didn't want to like explode the statue itself. <laughs> uh well, maybe that's why they fired him. <laughs> and my final note is that we have often shaken our fists at producer John Wiles yeah. for many reasons, including firing Vicky and not employing the Telesnap guy. This is the last serial that John Wiles produced. All right, well, we'll shake our fists one last time and say, John! 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 Yeah, after this, we're going to be on to a new producer, Innes Lloyd. Oh, what a cool name. I'm sure that we will have no reason to uh, dislike Innes Lloyd. Innes. There, there seem to be some questionable decisions going on at the BBC around this time, so... Yeah, yeah. We'll see. yeah we'll see how it goes. All right, well, um, let's wrap it up. We'd like to thank Circuits23 for the amazing theme song that he made for us. Uh, you can check out his album on Bandcamp and check him out on SoundCloud or email him at circuit.23 at gmail.com. Thank you, Kyle, for watching Doctor Who and telling me all about it. And thank you, Benny, for listening to me talk all about Doctor Who. And thank you, listeners, for listening to me listening to Kyle talk about Doctor Who. We'd love to hear from you, so email us at thedoctorswatcher at gmail.com. Or uh, you can Twitter at us if you're still on the Twitter, you know, through the socials, etc. We're <laughs> at Dr. Watcher. Yeah. Um, yeah, if you add us, I'll probably see it eventually. Yeah. Anyway, uh, leave us a five star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts and tell a friend. And then we'll see you in two weeks. We'll disappear for now and then reappear <laughs> in two weeks for the next episode. Bye. Come play with us in the Celestial Toy Room. Yes. Bye. has happened? Why does Two no longer give us his report? I don't know. It could mean a simple break in communications or that he was attacked. But his report of conditions on the planet refuses started favorably. Yes. Then what do we do, One?
We will proceed with our plans. We will prepare ourselves for the main landings. One has spoken. Get the launchers ready and prepare the monoid population trays for the journey.